And you lead by example here. So if you, if your managers or if you as a business owner are starting to demonstrate those poor communication qualities, then your team will follow that. Um, however, if you're always diffusing that type of conversation and lifting each other up, then that's where you're going to lead your team to. You are listening to Hustle with Heart with your hosts, Dr. Andy and Dr. Jacinta. Are you a small business owner with big goals, but not into selling your soul, freedom and joy in exchange for success? If yes, you're in the right place. Stick with us and we will teach you the exact strategies and tools we have used to successfully blend our work and family life with ease, all while growing an aligned seven-figure business and helping transform over 5,000 clients' lives. Welcome to our inner circle, where nothing is off limits. It is time to align your business and heart. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode nine of the Hustle with Heart podcast, Cultivating Strong Team Culture. In today's episode, we'll be covering why having a strong team culture is gold when it comes to having a business that flows with ease and serves your customers, how the small things make a big impact and can help you build a business family, how to bring every team member together to strive towards a common goal, and the exact process we use to create our cultural words. Before we get started, if you are loving this podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star written review. We do a happy dance every time we read your comments. I think that it's safe to say that pretty much everybody who is in business wants a business that is really cohesive, where everybody loves coming to work, where everybody gets along, etc. kind of like a family. So our point really is If you're wanting that, then you need to cultivate that. So that cliche saying of, you know, the grass is greener where you water it, um, you need to put time, energy and a lot of love uh, into your team and planning um, a really strong team culture. So that's what we're going to unravel and delve into today because at open space without tooting our own horn (laughs) too much uh, what Jacinta and I have created is magical Um, and it's something that uh, every client that that walks in through the door they actually comment they take their time to say to the front desk oh I just feel better when I walk in here. I can just, I, you know, it just feels great. And I just love everybody in, in your team. And that just doesn't happen by accident. We have very systematically uh, put things in place to create that. So if you're wanting that, then yes, you're in for a treat. We're going to go over exactly what we do and what you can do in your business to create the same. So our first key point is team outings. So I know that as humans, we are social creatures and really like having a date night with your significant other, uh, you need to have regular social events for your team to connect. They don't have to be big 
It could be staffies on a Friday night. It could be, um, you know, a quarterly going bowling, etc. Whatever um, is relevant for your team, and also bringing them into the conversation. So asking them, you know, what they would like to do together as well so that they can bond. One of the most fun and connecting experiences that we did um, with our open space team was going to an escape room. So for those of you out there who don't know what an escape room is, it's essentially like a kind of puzzle room where you're all locked in, kind of, you can still get out, but you're you're locked in and then you've got to solve clues to, to get out. And so together as a team, we worked together to unlock those clues and get into the, the next room. And when we did, and we did it, you know, almost got a top score for it because we got out so, so quickly because we're just so smart. Yeah, it was such a high uh, because we overcame something that was challenging together. So that is a really great example of, yeah, building, building that connection um, through experience. And a great way to, to realize that maybe your team doesn't have a great culture is if they're is tension in the room when you're talking, if people aren't really getting along, if um, maybe there's some poor words shared between staff members or about, you know, you as the business owner, it's like a cancer that grows. And so, yes, from the beginning, starting to have these team outings and this culture is really important to cultivate. But if you're noticing the signs that maybe you need some of that culture infused into your team, then a team outing is a really, really great place to start. And I was even speaking to a client the other day who was talking about what they wanted to do with their team. And they arranged a retreat where they had a lot of team bonding um, activities on that retreat. And they stayed together for around three days and they expressed that it completely changed the way that they showed up to work all together on Monday morning. So like any relationship, if you feel like your relationship with your team and your team members with each other need repairing, you can actually do that and create um, that really strong culture, even if it is potentially broken to start off with. Another point that we love is infusing love rituals into the everyday. So don't just wait for the big team event before you actually um, appreciate and acknowledge your team. Use it in the everyday. And we really love, we mentioned it before, but one of those ways is by knowing each other's love language. So there's lots of different love languages. Like we mentioned, mine's words of affirmation. Um, Another team members might be acts of service. So, you know, filling up their water um, for them, um, doing something nice for them, helping them out. These are all ways that we can really help build that culture in the team as well. And we always have a big emphasis on celebrating people's little wins too. So in staff meetings, we make sure that everyone shares something that they're really proud of or a win that they've had and we celebrate them. We celebrate birthdays. Um, We even have a love jar. So little boxes at the front of reception at open space where if a team member has done something for you that you really loved or um, you wanted to acknowledge them, we write little love notes to each other um, so that we can read them and fill up our love cup. Yeah, it's um, it's really great to see that you've got 
a uh, message waiting for you in in your love jar, like those warm fuzzies at school. Um, yeah, they just make you warm and fuzzy. And who, yeah, who doesn't want to feel warm and fuzzy at work, right? It shouldn't be confined to home because obviously we spend a lot of our time at work as well. And I understand that as a business owner, obviously you're doing your very best to keep expenses low and to make your business run effectively and grow and reinvest in your business. And I know that these little things like the outings and, you know, buying presents for birthdays and things like that might be seen as superfluous or not really a good investment or um, not worth the, the money. However, we have a different opinion. We think that this is the glue that holds your business together. And one of the main problems that we found um, in business is that people don't feel appreciated and valued and understood. And so by doing and investing in these rituals and your culture of your business, that is actually going to return a much greater investment down the track. And it means that you're going to have team members who stay with you a lot longer um, instead of having that high turnover and having to, to train new people all the time. I think it's important here to also note that as well as infusing love rituals throughout the day, it's important to defuse non-loving rituals. We have a policy called the Wiffle policy. Basically, Wiffle is like anything you feel like saying. So say, for example, if you're noticing that um, the bins are never emptied at reception or that, you know, someone hasn't done something, etc., then the Wiffle policy means that you don't go ahead and correct that person or bring it up in a staff meeting. You go to what we call the direct report. So every person has um, a report that they report to with any WIFL policy, anything they feel like sharing about how the business should run or what they're not happy with. Um, and then that person brings it to, say, for example, us or the manager. And then we decide whether or not that's something that needs to be addressed and shared. Because otherwise, what can happen is in a meeting um, or between staff members, you can start to have, for lack of a better word, like a, a bitching sort of culture where people just talk about all things that are going wrong. They nitpick at each other. They build resentment towards each other. And that is just a recipe for disaster. And you can feel that when you walk into um, a business or you associate with a business, whether or not the colleagues and the team are like glue and stuck together and really appreciate and respect each other, or whether or not there's that tension, like you can feel that as a customer. Absolutely. It doesn't feel good. And yeah, you don't want to be in that workplace. You just want to run out. So that's not the type of workplace that you want to to be creating. So yes, we absolutely do not tolerate um, any gossip that is not even in our vocabulary. And I think that that's the reason why we don't actually have any because we just don't do it and we don't tolerate it. And you lead by example here. So if you, if your managers or if you as a business owner are starting to demonstrate those poor communication qualities, then your team will follow that. 
However, if you're always diffusing that type of conversation and lifting each other up, then that's where you're going to lead your team to. Next key point that we have for you, number three, is creating cultural words and enlisting the team in the creation of these words. So for those of you out there who don't understand what cultural words are, they are essentially words that um, emulate and stand for your business and your and your team. So for example, some of the cultural words that we have for open space are spark joy, accessible service, 5% above and beyond. So when you hear those words, you already get a feeling as to what they mean. And then one of the, the ways that we use these these cultural words in the company is that all of the little things that we have, the policies, procedures, et cetera, um, you know, the organic fruit and the reception, et cetera, all those little things we put under one of the cultural words. So every team member knows why we do something that we do. There isn't any policy or any procedure that we do that isn't in alignment with our cultural words. So it's a lot easier for us to, you know, manage the team. Um, All we have to do is if something isn't getting done, we're we're like, well, you know, this is, this is what we're doing to spark joy in, in our clients' lives and, and in their business. This is why we do this. It's because we are going that 5% above and beyond. So it makes life just so much easier. And really enlist your team in this. So what we actually did is we had the business for a few years before we actually had cultural words. And what we're noticing is we had all these systems and policies and Andy and I knew why we were doing them. And we sort of just thought, well, our team knows why we're doing this, right? But then what we started to realize is when we would mention something about maybe a procedure not being followed correctly or a, you know, whatever it might be, we realized that we were getting met with some resistance. And that was because the team member that we were communicating to, they had no context as to why that system or strategy was even there or that policy was there. And so they didn't feel that they could resonate with it. And if it wasn't important to them, then, you know, maybe not necessarily, they might not actually do it. And so what we did is we got the team together on, I think it was like a Thursday or Friday night. We put on some food, some wine. We always have our best chats over those two things. And we got a big bit of paper out and we shared as a team what we felt were the really important key things that we did as a team and as a business to create an exceptional client service. And now because we have hired in the correct way, which we'll go over at another stage, we know that all of our team members are very invested in the clients that come to open space um, and having a really great client experience. So we know that they're already on board with that. They already value that very highly. And so everyone shared the things that they felt were really important and we mind mapped it all. And then we highlighted things that had a common theme. So for example, if we're talking about that 5% above and beyond, we listed down all the little things that we do that were the extras that clients love. 
for example, we have a piece of paper that um, is on the front desk for all of the new clients that has their name welcoming them. Um, We have the organic fruit, like Andy mentioned. Um, We make sure that we always have essential oils burning. And so these were things that we listed down and we realized that they came under the 5% above and beyond category. And so if you are wanting to do this with your team or even by yourself, write down all the little bits and pieces that you do and then start fleshing out, well, what word is associated with this? And I think coming up with around nine or so words um, is a good place to start. And that brings us to our key point number four, our last point. So recruiting the right people. And as Jay mentioned, we're going to do a whole episode on recruitment because I think that this is absolutely critical for business success. And there are a lot of moving parts and components to recruitment and recruiting properly. Um, For ease of sake, we're going to simplify um, recruitment and merge that in with creating a strong team culture, which is the topic for today. Um, So you obviously want to recruit people who actually fit your business culture. So that is why having your cultural words and having a really planned out and and good understanding of the culture that you want to cultivate in your business is important because if you don't have a clear understanding of that, then when you're recruiting, you can't match the candidates with your business culture. Uh, We have also mentioned in the past the long to hire and quick to fire. So we actually have a, a pretty a long, it's a, it can be standard, but a six-month probationary period for um, new uh, recruits. And that is because it does take a while to actually get to know someone and whereby somebody might seem amazing to begin with and good on the surface, once challenges start to arise in the business, then that's when another side um, comes through and, you know, some of the, the, the weaknesses and the triggers as well. So as soon as something is presenting, you need to bring it up. And if it is substantial, then just cut your losses and, and fire Hopefully you won't have to do that if you actually have done a really good recruitment process and you have recruited the right person. And we actually hire based on who somebody is rather than what they can do because we know that we can train all the systems, but you can't train someone's values. You can't train someone's personalities, how open they are to change, whether or not they're emotionally intelligent, whether or not they have the same values as you. And so when we're interviewing them, one of the main thing that we're looking for is whether or not they use our cultural words to describe themselves. One question we also ask is, why did you apply for this company specifically? And a lot of the time they will say things like, oh, because I can see that you're very holistic, that you put clients first, that et cetera, et cetera. And because we know what our culture is, if they're mimicking and mirroring to us what our cultural words are in their explanation as to why they want to work for us, then we know that that's a yes, a tick box for that person. Now for today's takeaways. Building a team culture isn't a one-step process. 
you need to hire the right people, enlist them in your culture and continue to nurture that culture and keep every member of the team accountable to it. The little things such as showing appreciation for each other, team bonding experiences and warm fuzzies go an exceptionally long way. Creating clear cultural words help to keep your team on track with a common goal and purpose. In our next episode, we'll be building on these principles by giving you an insight into our personal life. Dr. Andy will be taking you through how to create family culture for harmony at home. But before you go, let's connect. If you are enjoying our podcast, then please let us know by leaving us a five-star written review. We personally read every one of your comments.